Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Shrinkflation is now affecting the property market, it seems as well. Certainly one of the suggestions anyway. We've seen shrinkflation in every other part of the market. Smaller gardens, a dramatic reduction of apartments and more tightly built streets is the game changer blueprint for solving Ireland's housing crisis. Minister for Housing Dara O'Brien has been told. Glenvay Properties, one of the largest home builders in the state, has presented a plan to the Minister of overhauling existing regulations to allow developers to shave more than a quarter of the distance between the rears of houses. In other words, making the back garden smaller. An existing 22 metre guideline, so that's the minimum at the moment, you know, two back doors must be 22 metres apart, uh, you know, the house behind you, uh, is going to be reduced out of the suggestion to 16 metres. Those, by the way, regulations were brought in the 1900s when it was needed to allow for outdoor toilets or cold sheds at the time. I remember we used to have them in the old corporation houses and some vegetable growing too if you needed to do that in the old days. But nowadays we buy our vegetables. It is urging a reduction to 16 metres as part of a master plan for more low-rise, high-density developments in mainly suburban areas around the country, which it claims would be the biggest game-changer in the housing building market. In its report, Compact Grow Design Standards Glenview uh, Glenvay uh, cites focus groups saying the back a third of gardens are generally dead space and underutilised. I wouldn't imagine so if it was a small garden at the minimum regulations, but however, the company also says there is no demand for apartments outside Dublin's M50 and limited demand inside the capital's busiest ring road and that the cost of building apartments outweighs the benefits. There is a suggestion that this, of course, would save up to 20% of the cost of purchasing a home, depending, of course, where the site is, the site value. Um, Where also the row, uh, where was, uh, I suppose, there was 25 houses before, they'd now be able to fit 30, I suppose, when you reduce the road width, because that's the plan as well, to reduce the road width. Some roads are difficult enough to get down, particularly people who park the cars outside the gardens. Uh, And nowadays, with a lot of houses, you can't fit an extra car in the garden. So that's going to be impossible to navigate anyway. And, of course, this has a possibility of reducing costs temporarily, of course, until the smaller size becomes the norm, I imagine. I don't know. Um, So I want to know what you think. I believe, do you think this is a solution? Or would you be happy to pay less for a smaller back garden and smaller space and smaller roads? Would you be happy to pay less, you know, where they get 30 houses in instead of 25? Um, so in other words, would you be thinking to yourself, okay, this is a saver, 20% less possibly on the price of the house. You know, okay, the house is a little bit smaller, the back garden's a little bit smaller, the roads are a little bit smaller, but sure, look, I can live with that because it's 20% less. Would you be happy to do that? And is that a solution to our housing crisis? Let me know what you think. Well, it's certainly not an overall solution, but it's maybe one of the things that can be looked at. The number is 87 Now, Dublin Councillor Joe Costello, Labour Dublin Councillor Joe Costello, joins you on the line. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon. Uh, This uh, suggestion that we kind of get rid of these 1900s regulations from 22 metres down to 16 metres to fit more houses into a particular space, is it really a good idea? I I, I know it's doable, but is it a good idea? Well, look, um, I certainly would would treat it with uh, some consideration anyway, but anything that's described as a game changer and a blueprint for everything being better... It's, it has always to be taken with a pinch of salt. That, you know, there are always mm. profits in the development area, and they don't necessarily deliver what they propose they will do. But I, I'm one of the people who do look for 
uh, low rise and a higher density rather than high rise. Mm-hmm. For, for example, what has been happening over the last, since 2017, when we introduced the new regulations in relation to SHD, strategic housing developments, and that really allowed developers to bypass the local authority and go straight to a board panola for all developments over 101 units. And that meant that there was a huge number of high-rise, large-scale developments coming uh, on the market, so to speak, or coming to Forum Board Panola. And an awful lot of them have got planning permission. But unfortunately, very few of them have been built. And it has brought uh, on Board Panola into disrepute as well. That's this yeah. problems at the present time. So that was the high-rise version yeah. of it. And, I, and you Joe, know they're telling Joe, us at the same time that those apartments are extremely expensive to build. So that hasn't really worked. And I would really think that it is worthwhile looking at the lower rise and the higher density and to see what we can do in that respect. I mean, there's no shortage of land in Ireland, of course, when we start to remove centralisation. Now, that's been a problem for years, centralisation in this country, and particularly when we look at, say, Cork and Dublin. I mean, if we kind of can move resources and services and education and uh, government buildings and all sorts of things, and this was suggested by Bertie Hearn many, many years ago that we should try to do or make more of an effort to do that, we would have more land available to build houses and to give people that extra bit of space. Because I'm just looking at an article, coincidentally, today in a UK newspaper that says, Shoebox Britain, how shrinking homes are affecting our health and happiness. And I'm looking at the the, the design, and this is the blueprint plan here from Glen Bay Homes. And it's not, it's not to scale. It makes it look like there's no difference at all. But essentially, you're taking a third off each person's back garden. In other words, you know, if you build in a... a as a lot of people do, like to build an extension under permitted development um, without planning. I think what's it, you can go up to four metres or whatever it is, and as long as you leave 75% of your back garden, you're going to be practically looking in somebody's bedroom window behind you. Like, and as it is yeah. at the moment, there isn't that much space if you go by minimum regulations, because, of course, we are talking about reducing minimum regulations. So as it is, you're close enough to the house behind you. I don't believe that people don't utilise a third of their garden. I don't know where they got that from or who the focus group that said that was. I think when people have a small back garden, they utilise every section of it. They might put the shed up the back or whatever it happens to be. But I mean, to reduce it down to 11 metres per garden, or sorry, 8 metres per garden, essentially, which is not a lot of distance, I think you're taking... I mean, it could have an adverse effect on mental health. It could also have an adverse effect on communities in relation to... We've seen what's happened when you build too many houses too close together in one area. You end up with, you know, higher antisocial problems. I mean, are we, are we making the same mistakes we've made for years? Yeah, no, I think you're right in that, like, uh, we all like our space. We all like our houses if we can have it. But just to look at what's been happening over the last while, there's a huge shortage of housing. The present plan to build high-rise just hasn't worked and isn't working. And there's a shortage of housing right across the board, whether it's private and particularly whether it's social housing. And the homeless rates and the housing rates have been increasing the number of people that are in need of housing. And the, the cost of housing has become astronomical and with, with inflation now it's getting even worse. But I live in an area like um, called Stony Batter and this was really arts and weddings that were built and was nothing like 22 metres. So to reduce down to 60 metres would still be well in excess of the gardens and any of the houses. In fact, the Mm-hmm. much less than that size and this would be the same in relation to say East Wall and North Strand so in the inner city 
there was no rise in identity, and that was the norm. I think um, I think we'd accept that in the inner city because if you yeah. buy in the inner city, you know what you're buying into because obviously property prices are higher, land is higher cost, and the same you know if you go to if you go to London or Manhattan or whatever it is or Paris, you're always going to have the same situation. But if you're buying suburban houses, if you're buying out in Swords or you're buying out in Talla or Lusk or Donabate or whatever it happens to be you would expect to get a little bit more space for your book uh, and you expect oh, yeah. to have a bit more space for the kids to run around in and have the you know the inflatable pool out the back garden during the summer. So, I mean, that's, that's what you kind of expect. You don't expect to be looking in your neighbour's bedroom. No, and I agree with you and I think you're quite right that, you know, in our towns and villages and our suburbs around the place, there is, there is plenty of land and there's plenty of space for bidding. But I would look at a, also, you know, we don't have to go that far at all if you look at, say, two developments now at the present time, the O'Devney Gardens development in Stony Batter, which is 14-storey high on a 10-acre side, and that could certainly have been low line, low, could have been uh, a low, it yes, could course. be a higher density, and it could it's have been with a low price, rise. But the price they paid for O'Devney Gardens was 500,000 per, per uh, unit there. Yeah, and the prices are going through the roof. So it's, that's not the solution, and it's not in keeping with the landscape. So, and then if you look a little bit farther, we're still not going out of the city by any means. You look at Clonliff, where a massive development of roughly the same size is 1,400 units, and that's 18-storey high. And yet, the space would be there to have low-rise development. So, really what I'd be looking at is to think about a greater density in the area without moving too far out. When you move right out to the suburbs and areas like Swords and Lusk and Wilbrigan, or you move into the towns and villages, then I think you have to provide more than that. Yeah. Joe, but are we not thinking outside the box here? Rather than trying to figure out how we can squeeze more houses into smaller spaces to keep people near a city, should we not be focusing more so on how we can move services and education and doctor's offices and shopping centres and all those things and all those other services that people need out of the city to try and encourage people? Because the vast majority of people living in Dublin don't need to live in Dublin. They just don't, because they don't work in Dublin anyway. They don't work in the city. So, and I think that's the way we're going at the present time. You know, it's got so expensive in the city that people are unable to afford it. Accommodation, whether it's rented accommodation or whether it's purchased homes, you know, it's just got too much. And we see that a new generation is arriving, which just cannot look at it in the way that their parents did. They cannot expect, as a young couple, to be able to buy a home of their own and develop in that. So that's the problem that we're facing. And with remote working, I think a lot of us will be going further afield. And that's, that's the change that is taking place at the present time. And of course, there's an, encouragement, there's an encouragement there to get us to reduce the amount of travelling we're doing. You know. and, and that's what's needed too, to reduce the amount of travelling, there's no doubt about it. But we are going down the road of uh, more public transport. I mean, I think it'll be a short enough period of time until cars would be something like London where there's going mm. to be uh, a charge on cars coming into the city and it's going to be much more difficult to do so. And in fact, that would be only just public transport that will be mm. in the city. Well, I just, I just see these type of suggestions, Joe, as a race to the bottom. Do you understand what I'm saying? In I, other words, I don't, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. But remember that there are two ways of looking at it. And the, the two ways that have been looking at it by developers is either to build high or to build low. And so far, they have gone totally against low-rise. I believe that we could have a greater density in low-rise without going up to these exorbitant heights that they're talking about and that people really don't want. And where there's no 
there, there isn't the same privacy as you would have in your own small area of your home on the ground, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And where we have artisan dwellings, dwellings let's, let's say Stony Matter, we have huge amount of greenery in the areas. The little gardens are huge in terms of flowers and indeed there's planting there and the window boxes and the mm-hmm. hanging baskets. And all of that has created a greenery now where it's very attractive to live in the inner city. And, you know, if you look at some of the estates, you go to Ballyfermage, you go to Cabri, you go to Crumlin and so on. And there are gardens there where certainly you could put another house in. Certainly, there's a lot of councillors that have been talking about. Yeah, but you don't, I don't necessarily believe you. We, we'd want to do that because we don't no, want to be increasing those populations. That. We wouldn't want that either. Yeah. But well, well, and we also have to consider too when we're building close to a city and we're leaving only one space for a car, if we're even leaving that, that if, if we're to believe what we're being told and everybody's going to be moving to electric vehicles in the next 10 years, so how are people going to charge these cars if they've nowhere to put the car to charge it up? So, I mean, it's got, we're not thinking, we're not forward thinking no. at all. No, I think you're right. And I mean, this the the um, proliferation of electric vehicles is not the solution either. Probably not. Cars. No, no. Hydrogen cars. vehicles probably is. Yeah, yeah. Cars are very inefficient for carrying people because you're going to, you know, cars have space for four to six people in each of the cars. And it's not the way for, public, for transport. Public transport is the solution. And the sooner we get bus connects up and running, the better. I'm not really in favour of a long sprawl of Dublin going all over the place in that respect. I think Dublin should be a series of villages that would be largely able to... to, to take care of the but, but There should be also a longer term plan, maybe, Joe, of moving people out of Dublin. I mean, this idea that you have to live in Dublin. And uh, you know, the, and the I mean, the centre of the country. I mean, look at Ireland. You know, 70% of our population is based in four cities, probably. So moving people out into the centre of the country and providing services for people to live out there. I mean, look at what we had there recently when we talk about uh, going back to the recession in Leitrim, the ghost towns in Leitrim. And we'd, I think, something like four or 5,000, or it could have been 40,000. I can't remember the figure now, of houses that were just sitting empty, but nobody wanted them because there's nothing there for people, no services. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and absolutely, that's the way to go. I think that we, we have to look that way. But I think we will be, we are beginning to look at that now because I think one of the things the pandemic has done, it has opened our eyes to the possibility of so much remote working taking place. You can be any part of the country and you can still do your no, job. I, d- I, don't think, I don't think we embrace that as much as we probably should, Joe, but anyway. I, um, well, I don't think maybe we haven't at the present time, but we will. I think that the the idea of being able to work at a distance is going to... When people realise the amount of time they spend commuting, the amount of time of their lives that have to be spent just getting through the snarl of the morning, uh, commuting and so on. So I, I, I see all of that changing. But at the same time, I would be... I would be open to the idea of looking at a greater degree of low rise in the city rather than yeah, the I get high you. rise okay. that are going ahead. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate you coming on the air. Dublin Councillor Joe Costello. Um, he would absolutely agree that we should have low rise buildings, but maybe this is not the solution, but maybe something worth looking at. But I don't know whether you think this is a good idea. And coincidentally, I'm only reading in the paper today in the UK, by the way, there was a headline and it said, uh, Shoebox Britain, how shrinking homes are affecting our health and happiness. And I mean, as it is, the minimum space you can have between two back doors, the house behind you, is 22 metres. Now, very few are built with that minimum, by the way. A lot are built with a lot more than that. So you wouldn't be, most of you are not used to that. But that minimum is quite short. They now want to reduce that to 16 metres. That's eight metres a garden. 
you practically are going to be seeing your neighbour having sex. Uh, the number is 87 You'll even know if they're wearing a condom from that distance. And Maureen, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How you doing, Maureen? Hello, Niall. How are you? Good, doing Maureen. Good. I mean, would it be? Would you be? Would people in general do you think be happy to pay less for a house if they're that close to their neighbour? Oh, I'm not sure about that. I think that you know. Oh, well, I suppose in my own case, yeah, we would be. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I think at this stage, like housing is is most important issue we have in the country. Yeah. You know, and I think, yeah, we all have to compromise and maybe think outside the box and do things a bit differently than what we have been doing for the last hundred years, you know? Well, we still seem to be thinking the same thing over and over again, which is how can we fit as many houses as possible into such in a, into a small space? And that's not really the way we should be thinking anymore. We should be expanding no, our minds no, a little but bit. We should, but we should be utilising what we have. Mm-hmm. Like in my own case, I'm living in a very small three-bedroom bungalow with two adult children and a grandchild. Now, we don't need another house. We need another bedroom. But because I live in a council house, they won't allow me to build on. They won't allow me to put a log cabin out in the back, which would suffice to my needs, you know. Yep. And it would free up a bedroom here. Because and it's it would technically take my not your it's, off the council house. Because this. it's technically not your property. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 I but it would make that, perfect sense to let you to do but that. But it makes more sense. And I know of many, many people in the same position that could afford to put a log cabin on, you know, and it would be done, as we all know, we have to do everything to specifications now, you know? Yeah. And, here's and the, here's would, the, can I ask a question, Maureen? Would you be willing yeah. to pay for that yourself? Or? I would. Yeah, okay. yeah, and I've already approached the council saying that I would be. We yeah. would manage it, you yeah. know? So, and, so and, well, that doesn't make it. Well, I suppose you, there would have to be some sort of legal deal signed. But, but if you're willing to I pay for it. I understand that. But yeah. this is where the councils need to start thinking differently. Instead yeah. of having the carte blanche that you can't build on, you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah. We have to utilise what we already have, you know? My daughter it, doesn't need a house, she needs a bedroom. But isn't it funny? Because in my day, when I was a young fella, we lived in a Dublin Corporation house. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Father was building extensions to beat the band out of the backyard. Yes, and that happened here. I moved into my house as originally a two bed. And the previous tenants built it on a bedroom and a kitchen. It yeah. was one, you know, it was a sitting room come kitchen at that stage. They were allowed to do that, which they didn't do very well, but that's another, another story. Yeah. Um, but then they changed their thinking on that and now you literally can't do anything, you know? Yeah, because, like I know five mm-hmm. people in close to me, if they could just have another bedroom, it would take those five uh, adult children off the council list. Are you allowed you know? to build anything out your back garden? Are you allowed to build a shed or anything? Or are you allowed, what are yeah, you allowed to yeah, do? Yeah, you can have a shed. Right. Yeah. Okay, but you, but but you can't, can't, you can't have anybody living in it. And we can't build a bedroom on. Okay, so it can't be a dwelling as such. You can't have people living Exactly, it can't be a dwelling, that's it. And they, the council won't build a bedroom on, do you know? Right, okay. Okay, well, you're right. No, we'd then... be willing to take the finan- the hit off the finance of that ourselves. How much would it cost, by the way? How much would it cost to build a log um, cabin? Well, when I originally looked, it was 30 grand for a one-bed, one-bathroom log cabin okay. in and around. But I'm sure that's gone up. I haven't looked at it since that was a number of years ago. Okay, and, and I think there could be a deal done whereby it could be done not for profit, i.e., in other words, that you're not allowed to rent it out to a tenant or something. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it would only be course. given to your I daughter mean, or could, family member. Saying, they just have to rethink how they're operating, yeah. you know? Yeah, I It get would you. be just to add a bedroom, you know, that's... that's yeah. Like so it's just a, to allow your daughter or family member to live there. You need a yeah. house, you yeah. need a bedroom. Okay. You know, okay. like my daughter and her daughter, who's now nine, are sharing a bedroom. 
You know? Okay, it's not a bad suggestion, Maureen. Thank you very much indeed for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything too wrong with it. I'm sure there are disadvantages that somebody would be able to point out to me. Um, but I do understand the point that you're making, that certainly if there was some sort of uh, permitted development uh, in county houses or county council houses, as there was many years ago. Well, I don't know whether there was years ago. I don't know whether my father just built those things or people just built those things without permission years ago. Maybe that was the way it was kind of done. Just do it, wasn't it? Here's another WhatsApp message for you. Now, the way things are going, we might soon need the old vegetable patch out the back again and even the toilets if they start cutting the power off. <laughs> Do you know? There's going to be no, water, no electricity to flush them, so... Yeah, we're going to have to start getting more self-sufficient, like, and start looking after ourselves and stop relying on everyone else for everything with the way things are going. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, we may have to become self-sufficient if, of course, we're reading one of the papers today that they're going to be talking about fuel rationing and all sorts of the carry-on uh, when the winter months come. At the suggestion, it could be happening. Uh, the number's 87 8 I'm asking you, does shrinkflation in property, which is what they're suggesting, reducing the size of the back gardens or the permitted development of the back gardens, currently, as I said, uh, at the moment is 22 metres. They want to reduce it to 16 that means it'll be eight metres per back garden. It's currently, you cannot build a house with less than 11 metres in the back garden. So I'm asking you, is that a good idea? And I'm looking at the plans here by the that were sent in, obviously submitted to the state in relation to changing the law around it. And the plan is very deceiving. You'll see it in the paper today. It makes it look like there's no difference. You're taking a third off the back, roughly, of the back of each back garden. So how could it not look different? It looks no different in the plan. These are clearly not to scale, made to look good. Anyway, the number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. The question I'm asking you is, would you be happy to pay less if your back garden and your roads were smaller and they squeezed more houses in? Let me know. 087-188-0008. All right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 87 8 Now, does this mean that every house is going to get smaller? Well, they, they haven't suggested that yet, although they are talking about making smaller apartments. They're already small as it is, like dog boxes. But anyway, but the, see, here's the thing. In my view, if, you will, if we allow this, and I know the laws were made in the 1900s, but it's what we're used to. But if you allow them to reduce the distance between two back gardens in a housing estate when you're purchasing a new home... What will happen is, oh yeah, it'll reduce the cost, allegedly, uh, by maybe 20%, depending on where the site will be. But as time goes on, that new norm will become the norm. And then the price won't go down, or the price will go back up again. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we will accept that it's eight metres per back garden. Let me go to Mary. Mary, you're in Ireland's Classic Hits. How are you doing, Mary? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Mary, would you be willing to pay less? Or would you be willing to take less to, you know, to pay less? I think I'm not naive enough to think it's going to be less in the first place. I think it's going to be the same. It's going to be less less land for the same money. In other words, that'll just become the new norm then? Exactly. I totally agree with you in saying that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, th- this idea that we constantly feel that we need to cram more houses. They're, they're not. Even, by the way, it's not just the back gardens. They're suggesting making the streets narrower as well. So, like, That's just what- that's so stupid because they're presuming everybody's going to be on public transport and we're not we're not there yet. We're no. far from it. Because we've I've already been to some of the newer housing estates with the, with some narrower roads where you know you might have a couple and they have two cars because they're both professionals maybe. Uh, one car fits in the garden and the other one has to stay out in the road and this will happen all the way along the roads and it doesn't leave room for traffic to navigate down through the roads because it's a disaster. 
it's madness. It's complete madness. It only suits the developers. The whole combination only suits the person purchasing the land in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I suppose there's young couples listening today and think, you know, I can't afford 400,000 euro for a house in Dublin. Or, well, even that'll be cheap, to be honest with you, at the moment. You know, if I can get it for 350, save myself 20% or 340 and get it for 20%, well, sure, wouldn't that be great? Because that's the promise, isn't it? But that's the promise, but I'm not believing it at any level. I'm sorry. We've been there before. Mm-hmm. Imagine looking out your window. I mean, it's bad enough as it is. Looking out your bedroom window and you can literally see your neighbour getting in now with a shower, like. Oh, uh, look, I think we all learned over the lockdown that the garden is essential and a balcony is essential. We need green space. And mm-hmm. it's not just for the humans. I mean, we have to share the planet with other creatures. Yeah. I mean, they, they said, according to their focus groups, right, this is what their focus group said, that people don't yes. use the back third of the garden anyway. That is completely and utterly untrue. We've seen it over the last two and a half years. If we didn't have a bit of outdoor space, we'd all have been in mental institutions. Yeah. It says, in its report, Compact Growth Design Standards, Glen Bay cites that focus groups saying the back third of gardens are generally dead space and underutilised. Now, uh, and we're ta- and these these are minimum gardens, which are twenty two me. Well, it wouldn't be twenty two meters; they'd be eleven meters each. I don't, I don't know anybody with an eleven meter garden who wouldn't use it. Who was in the focus group? I'm sorry, I just don't believe it because every family, every couple, everybody working at home over the last couple of years, if they didn't have somewhere to poke their head out the door, well. Where would they be now? They just wouldn't be in a good place at all. It only worked because there was outdoor space. So, so as far as you're concerned, this is not what they're calling a game changer. Um, no. <laughs> so, I think not. it's just less, less of everything for the same price. And it's, it's going to be a price to the planet. We have a lovely green city. We have visitors to the country that applaud us on having a green city. Why do we want to throw it all away? We're on a kind of tipping point as it is. We're seeing the fires across Europe. We need shelter and we need the trees that we have. There's barely any left. I mean, what I can't understand is why we have this obsession with fitting the population into mainly four cities. Uh, When we have a beautiful country, geographically we're underpopulated, to, to some degree. Now, I know you want to keep a lot of the green space in the rural areas, and that's nice too. But, I mean, if we provided services, as I mentioned to Joe Costello, be it education and government services, outside of the city, you know, in the centre of the country, right, in and around Athlone and all those kind of areas, we, we, would, we could increase population sizes there much more affordably I, too. I think, you know what, there's some aspects of what's going on at the moment that will become an interesting case in point as we go through this year. Like, for instance, the Ukrainians that have come in, they've been housed all over the country. And I was recently down in Kerry in Valley Hike, and there was a lot of Ukrainians. And you see a little tourist village that's only, you know, busy during probably June, July, August. But now it has a critical mass of all different intergenerational people to use the facilities that are there. And I'm sure that is replicated all over the country. You know, mm. maybe it's going to breed a bit of life into places that were, you know, kind of... Where the main street know. had suffered badly because of larger shopping yeah. centres, etc., etc. Yeah, 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 I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. So we might see that, you know, the schools and the services and everything all do get a bit of a lick of paint, and they do realise that all the towns of Ireland are as important as anywhere. 
But this idea, and, and, and as I said already at the start of the show, I, I, on the same day I happened to notice an article in the UK newspapers which said, shoebox Britain, how shrinking homes are affecting our health and happiness. And we, well, I totally agree with that. I think that is a definite true statement. I mean, and I, I did look up before I come on, I was looking up, you know, I was kind of doing a bit of research about mental health and how mental health can be affected when you don't have your own privacy to some degree or your private space that you can sit out and have your glass of wine at night and chill out if that's what you want to do. In other words, that you need other, it, you know. Can I jump in there? Just in relation to just, you know, people's backyard space, like people buy a home and they might be just after getting engaged or they might be just partners or they might have just started whatever, starting their new life together. That home then has to deal with an increase in the volume of people in that house. Hopefully one day that couple will have children. They might have one, two, three children, who knows, maybe even more. That house has to be able to deal with the increase in family size and the diversity of use of that garden over those years. And maybe the house needs to build on an extension. The house needs scope in order to encompass the family as the family moves through the generations. Like, it's, what you're buying in the first instance is only the blueprint. You need the scope of that house over the tens of years to come. Mm-hmm. No, and if you're, if you're going to be down to a, a minimum um, with the new regulations of eight metres in your back garden. <laughs> You'll only be able to put on a toilet, maximum. You won't have much scope there. <laughs> no. And if, your ba- and if your neighbour behind you decides to do the same thing and no, put on an, a, a permitted development extension and you both do it, she will be practically looking in each other's windows. The other thing is, with planning permission, you're allowed to do 40 metres squared without planning permission. That's right, permitted development, yeah. yeah. Up to so four, up to four metres high. Isn't so it? we could actually, you know, 40 metres, you can go out 40 metres squared at the back of your house without actually getting planning permission. That's, That's right. And you, as far as I know, you can go up to four metres high of the back garden. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably. Yeah. Okay. So we could be then in a situation that you're back to back with your neighbour if he does the oh, same yeah. thing. You could put your hand out the window and shake their hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I don't think we're looking at the bigger picture and I, I just hope the government don't approve this. But in saying that, maybe they will, and maybe some people think it's a good idea. I don't see anything good about it at all. Thank you very much indeed, Mary, and appreciate you coming on the oh, air. Let me go. Let me go to Gerbin as well. Speaking of animals, because Mary mentioned animals, and you know, because we do share our spaces with animals, our dogs and our cats and our tortoises. Although I don't think you buy a tortoise yeah. anymore, um, hedgehogs or whatever it is locally that happen to be living there. Gerbin, who is from a political party for animals, Gerbin, good afternoon to you. Yes, hi there. It's been a while. So I, I am sorry. Completely bad development, I think, uh, especially with the Greens and government. I just can't, I can't mention that we lose the, the gardens for uh, to, to make space for housing. Um, so I think that it's better to preserve the open space and mm-hmm. to make um, more efficient use of the land and resources. Also, for example, what I'm kind of missing because I'm Dutch originally. And you probably have seen developments where where they put um, you know uh, roof spaces they turn them in, turn them into gardens so like high story apartments or so I don't have too many of them in Ireland. Of Thankfully, course, I, don't, be... I don't I don't like tall developments. So, you know, I mean, I, I know there is a lot of them yeah. going up at the moment, yeah. but they tend to bring with them problems of antisocial behaviour and stuff like that as well because you've got a larger density of people in a smaller area. Yeah, but you can you can plan them plan them uh, uh, diagonally, uh, uh, diagonally, uh, uh, and then also 
I think uh, about what's important is compact building design that should be on the radar of the government as well. I think from a sustainable uh, green space perspective and lower the carbon footprint, I would expect it from the government to be proactive on that. Unfortunately, they're not. I'm I'm surprised the government are even listening to this because at a time where we're valuing uh, green space and we're supposed to be valuing yeah. uh, according to the government climate change and everything else I mean the focus groups according to Glenvey sites they say the, the sites that the focus groups uh, said that a third of people generally don't use the back garden in other words that the third of the garden should I say uh, dead space and underutilised I don't I don't believe if you have a small back garden of the minimal at the moment which is 11 metres per back garden I don't believe that it's space underutilised at all I think people utilise every space when they have a small garden. Yeah, and then and then there's also people having conservatories, for example, and that's another way where you you can have like a little, you know, a green space within your uh, um, within your conservatory, you know, like uh, something, and then you know have butterflies in your in your conservatory, something like that, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a bit like the Hortus Botanicus in Phoenix Park or something, and uh, so. Uh, something, something like that could be beneficial for yourself, for your mental health as well. And so I'm going, going back on that lady who put that thing forward on low cabins. I agree, uh, low cabins, they should be allowed uh, also both in in rural and urban areas, and the government needs to be more protective on, on that, the local yeah. councils as well. Uh, but taking green spaces, and, other, and there are a lot cheaper. You can get them for 10 or 20 grand in uh, cross Ireland, and um, also great for clamping and things like that. And and so you, so it, but you're you're yeah. thinking, Gerben, on a national level, is that we're losing too much of nature's space. Yes, yeah. and uh, if bees are down, you know, let's say, but we, we do, we have a Gerben. We lose the bees, Gerben. Yeah. We do have to accept that we all need somewhere to live, and we do have a of growing, course, and yeah. we do have a growing population. You accept that? Yeah, accept that, and people have to live somewhere, but then. Also, a lot of people live in two bigger houses. Uh, so, for example, they would also live in social housing and they move to, uh, you know, a higher, higher skilled job and they're still sitting in the, in the social house. Yeah, but, or, Gabin, you told me before in the year that you live in quite a large house yourself. I live in quite a large house and I, I made my house available to basically base rent out and I've applied for, for planning to... Uh, to have a clamping site here on site where I want to house also people permanently, including people from Ukraine. And so, by the way, did you ever, I'm just curious now, did you ever, you told us, going back a while ago, that you had submitted your um, request to the Red Cross in relation to Ukrainian refugees. Uh, you were quite happy to have some come stay with you. Yes, and, uh, and they and haven't did come you get back a, to me yet. They never they come back, back to you? They never come back to me yet. So I'm just going to And be, you have a large house, you're there on your own, I believe, are you? A large house on the... On like uh, two and a half acres, and uh, you know people can camp here. Um, last and and nobody, uh, nobody has contacted you at all. From it's, it's crazy, and um, so they're welcome to stay here. And the only thing I want how many how many Ukrainians them. do you think you could have staying in your I, house? I, I could uh, go to ten or twelve or something uh, uh, easily, so they can just contact me, or uh, they can even contact uh, me via you if you want to. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm no. I'm I'm just a little bit disappointed because I remember you telling us that at the time when we were talking. Ukrainian yeah. refugees back in February coming over in the first place. I remember you saying that you lived on your own, you had a large house, you had plenty of space yeah. there, and you had told the Red Cross, yeah, come stay with me, and nobody has contacted you. And yet the, gov- and the government are crying out yeah. for places for people to live. Exactly, and I wonder how many other people have gone through this. Also, the, 
you know, um, think, well, never heard from the Red Cross again. Uh, maybe they're overwhelmed with their support and they haven't come ah. to all the applications. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's surprising. Listen, Gerben, yeah. thank you very much indeed. That's surprising. All right. Uh, okay, I'll take one or two more calls after the break. The number's 087 Do you think smaller back gardens, smaller roads, squeezing more houses into smaller spaces is the answer to the housing crisis to reduce the price of houses? According to one developer, one of the largest developers in the country, that is the answer. All right, just let me go to Peter. Peter in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Peter? Noel, how are you doing? Good. Now, Peter, you sent us in a little photograph here, and it says, Noel, yeah. I live in the Liberty 17 years. Now, people yeah. used to use, used to park under my window, so I built this yeah. little garden, uh, my space to relax because I have no back garden. I love, yeah. your, I love your little garden, by the way. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Yeah, nice little oh, yeah. space of your own, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. I can say out there anytime I want. Like yeah. it's, it's a square, there's 25 houses in it. Cottages. Right, okay. Yeah, people used to park on my window, on my hall door. I'd go to work, I'd come back, there's someone parked on top of your hall door. So you'd literally have to walk around their car to get in your front no, door? No, 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 I'd climb over the car. <laughs> oh, jeepers. Climb would get into my house. So, uh, Some people have, have no do. respect, sure they haven't. Uh, it's still the same, it's still the same. Uh, there's no parking up here, there's no... Uh, Anyone can park here. Free. So, and can you not just draw a line on the ground or something like that? They have. You can see if you look at the pictures. The I can see a white there. line there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just where all that on beyond the left there is all parking space. Right. So there's not much room. Right. So if somebody parks up close to that white line, I can see you'd have difficulty even getting past your own garden. Yeah, I have found more, a lot of difficulty. Uh, yeah. trying, just uh, trying to look after the flowers and look after the garden. But now, see, is, here's the thing, Peter, right? You live in the Liberties. And if you yeah. buy a house in the Liberties or in Dublin city centre, or say we go to the other side of the city, East Wall or uh, Pierce Street or whatever it happens to be, people would expect that you're not going to get much land for your money because you're living right. in the city. But yeah. but these houses they're planning, this is not just for the city. These are minimum regulations for anywhere. And I, I just think if people buy a little bit further out, they expect to get a little bit of a back garden. You're used to not having the back garden and that yeah. must be a little bit difficult for you. But you're used to it. Um, yeah, we, go on, sorry. Yeah, so I, I, I just think bringing it into regulations and reducing the regulations where, you know, nobody's nobody's going to have any space anymore, I just think it's a bit much. No, I think it's dis- disgraceful. It's absolutely... I mean, listen, the pandemic, I, I, I built that garden 13 years ago. I yeah. have people from the area that come up and sit in that garden just for a bit of space. Right. My mother used, to live, my mother used to live in the Liberties, by the way. Right, uh, there's, there's 25 cottages here. Yeah. The thing is, the council gave everybody in each house three, you can have three cars for each house. Right, yeah. and there's only 14 parking spaces. Right. So some houses have two cars, vans, and there's more up here, constantly over parking, fighting, neighbours don't talk, they're killing each other. You're better off not having a car, so aren't you really? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I use the Lewis and the bus everywhere. So you just keep to yourself there, Peter, do you? Well, I, well you know, they have to, because we constantly change the neighbours. Oh, yeah, constantly yeah. Constantly change the neighbours, and we've all walked away. Yeah, coming and going. Coming and going, causing trouble. I mean, there's half people robbing plants in the garden. Uh, I, I, why would they do that? It's only a nice little garden of your own. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've, done, I've had pots of grease. You know, I, what's called them? Defaffer things. Oh, yeah. I'm a big dub supporter, and every time I go to the dubs, I'll come back soon as I've thrown a pot of grease over one or two of my plants. But just so, rather, rather than getting rid of it somewhere else, they dump it on your plants? Dump it on my plants, because uh, I've had the council at the door complaining, saying right. that people complained I had too much flowers. Right, okay, okay. 
And That's awful. So, yeah, and how long, you were living there 17 years. Where did you live before that, Peter, by the way? Cabra, I'm a Cabra man, right? Okay. And how did you end up out in the Liberties? Uh, I got the house, a, a pal of mine went off to uh, Australia. Right. And I got the house off him a little long. Right, okay. So I've done it up myself. I'm here. I love the place. I actually love the place. I just don't like the neighbours. That's been honest well, with unfortunately, well, you can't buy you your neighbours, can you? You can't pick you your neighbours. No, you can't. No, no. It's just constantly changing and changing and changing. Yeah. I'd say there's been a few nice ones over the years as well, has there? There is. The, the thing is, all the, the old people and you live here, sort of the yeah. theatres are gone. And whereabouts, oh, in the, the whereabouts in the Liberties are, I, I don't want to give me the exact place, but are they near James Street or Francis Street? or where, well, where? Grey Square, just off Mead Street. You know where oh, the Mead Street, yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. Just off that. Yeah, I used to spend a lot of time up there when I was a kid because my granny lived up in James Street Flats, or as it's called Mother right. Ake, Mother Ake, Mary Aikenhead Flats, isn't that what they're called? That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most of the spot now, they're all getting blown up. That's right, yeah. I would. I passed by there, go back a few years ago, you wouldn't recognise it now, they're all yeah, fancy. They're all around Dublin, it's getting blown up, as someone mentioned there earlier. Yeah, yeah. Places full of people from Ukraine. Oh, uh, yeah, well, and of they, course. Of course, yeah, well, I, I suppose people, I suppose they need have to be helped and put, put somewhere and I understand that hope yeah. and for a lot of people, I hope that's temporary and they get to go back to their country again, but for some yeah, of them. Yeah, so people, do I, yeah. yeah. I don't actually feel sorry for it, but there's a lot yeah. of people in the world from other countries that are living here in their square yeah. and they have no interest in uh, mixing. Right, they just keep to themselves, do they? To their, to their own groups, I suppose. Well, if they just open the hall doors and throw a black bag of rubbish and just leave it there, and oh, no, they knock over Jeez. and they tell you what to do. So. Well, that, well, that shouldn't be happening. Well, Peter, look, your garden is lovely. It just goes to show you how important a bit of green space is. Peter, thanks very much and take care of yourself, all right? Some of the WhatsApp messages, by the way, coming in as well. I'll just play one or two of these. The only people that will benefit out of that kind of building planning is the big builders and contractors. It's all money. That's all that's, that is about. Yeah, you're right. And make the roads uh, narrower, Noel. And what about the access for the waste collection? You never get a truck down some of the roads that they're building now. Don't mind if they make them narrower. Yeah, actually, I never thought of that, really. Have a look at a city like Portsmouth in the UK. That's where I'm from originally. And um, a lot of the residential areas there, the streets have to be one way because there's no off-street parking in any of the houses. They're all parked alongside of the roads. So all the roads had to then be converted to one-way streets, which is a nightmare to navigate. It's a nightmare to find parking if you're home, say, after 6 o'clock. You're doing loops around and around trying to find to any bit of a parking spot. If they make the roads narrower as well, it's just, it's so short-sighted. It won't work. It doesn't work. Um, I've experienced it in my hometown. It's, it's madness. All right, I'll play a few more of your uh, WhatsApp messages. Yeah, he makes a good point. They have to make them one way because the roads are so narrow and people can't fit a car in the gardens. So they have to put it outside and then nobody can navigate up and down the bloody roads. And that's what they're planning on doing. They want to make the roads narrower as well. It's just how many houses can we cram into an area? And of course, that's leaving aside the problem when you put a lot of houses in one place and you increase the amount of you know people or population in one place, well, then you increase the possibility of antisocial behaviour as well, particularly in a new housing estate where kids are all growing up at the same age, if you know what I mean. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Hi.